Welcome back everyone to our High Five where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of One Church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, we're celebrating Ashley and what God is doing in her life. Ashley has been attending our Concord Outpost and this past Sunday, she was baptized. It was a beautiful celebration of her faith in Jesus. Way to go, Ashley. This high five goes out to you today. In at number four, a team from One Church just returned from Rwanda, where they connected with local churches and helped to officially launch Mission Life's first child center in the Rwandan village of Batima. High five team and high five to everyone faithfully giving. God is bringing us together in beautiful ways to share His love all over the world. Here at number three, last week, our local outreach partner, Do You Know Him Ministries, hosted their annual golf tournament. This tournament raised over $20,000, which is used to feed, clothe, and assist a great number of people in the Manchester area who would otherwise go without. This kingdom-sized high five goes out to our friends at Do You Know Him Ministries who bring these provisions to neighbors in need and tell them of God's great love. In at number two, participants of Rooted completed week three. Their prayer experience began with a close look at the purpose of prayer and then a time of focused prayer with God's word. Way to go, you guys. This time in His presence is so sweet. High five to all those in Rooted this fall. Way to grow strong roots in God's love. And finally, up at number one, this past week, hundreds of people from One Church took next steps in connecting with God, people, and mission. Way to go, church. Let's continue praying for one person to share God's love with every day and get excited for how He'll answer that prayer. Well, thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. It's awesome to see what God does, isn't it? Just to be a part of his community and part of his people and watch him move. We all pray with me. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, I thank you that you are sufficient for anything we are facing right now. Lord, I thank you that you call us into your mission. And so, Father, may you give us boldness. Lord, I pray that your spirit of boldness might be alive and at work in us this morning. It's your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> There's nothing that God can't do. As they're singing those songs, I'm thinking about this message. If there's one thing I, I would want you all to hear today, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's a lot of stuff we can't do. There's a lot of stuff we try to do. There's a lot of battles that we fight. There's a lot of struggles that we go through. There's emotional struggles, there's relational struggles, there's marital stuff, there's kids stuff, there's job stuff and money stuff, there's sin stuff, there's mess stuff. There is all kinds of stuff that I don't have the power or strength to. And you don't have the power or strength for either, but there's nothing that our God can't do. We're talking about faith. We're talking about what faith is. Every journey with Jesus is a journey of faith. It's saying, God, there are things that I cannot do, but there's nothing that you cannot do. And so I will step with you and I will trust you. 
That if you want to use my life, then use my life. If you want to use me to affect the people around me, then use me to affect the people around me. There's people that you've given up on. There's people that you're like, ah, there's no change in them. And, and as a church, we say, no, Lord, give us every day one person to share your love with. And Lord, bring to our minds those people because there is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that our God can't do. We're going through Soul Train. Soul Train. We're on the last week of Soul Train. And... Uh, I was thinking about trains because that tends to happen when you're like talking about trains and stuff. And I was thinking about the little engine that could. You guys remember the little engine that could? I remember as a kid and I was like watching YouTube last night like because they were reading the book to me. Like little engine that could. It felt a little weird as a grown up watching someone read the little engine that could to me. But I thought, okay, let's figure out what this whole thing was about. You guys remember there's, there's toys and good, good yummy things that needed to get across the mountain to kids in some village there. And there's... No one who wants to take it. A train breaks down that's carrying all this stuff, and a gold, bright, shiny gold engine comes up, and they're like, ah, I'm too good to carry all of this stuff. And then this big, black, powerful engine shows up, and he's like, I got more important things to carry. And then there's this little engine, a little blue engine. And she says, oh, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit too small. I don't, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm willing. Like, I'm, I'm willing to do it. You guys remember the story? Give me get a little head nods if you remember the story. Like, like you, know, you remember the story, and so she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I, I will give my best. And she starts going up to the mountain. She starts going up the top of the mountain. The, the toys are heavy, and the food is heavy, and, and the animals on it are heavy. Like, they're all talking to animals. It's a little, it's a little weird. Um, but uh, they're trying to go up the hill, and what does she say? What does she say as she's trying to get up the hill? She's not sure if she can make it. What does she say? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And the hill gets, the hill gets like, like, like tough. And she's like, I'm not sure if I can make it. But she keeps saying, I think I can. I think I can. It's the power of positive thinking. And, and there's, there's mountains that you and I face. And we're like, oh, I think I can. There's sins that we're trying to break away from. And we're like, I think I can. There's, there's marriages and kids that you're trying, marriages you're trying to fix, kids that you're trying to, to steer and guide. And you're like, I think I can. I think I can. There's, there's, there's people that you're trying to reach. I think I can. I I think I can. And then you're halfway up in the hill and all of a sudden I think I can turns to I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this with these kids. I don't know these kids are crazy. I don't think I can do this with the husband or wife. This is crazy. They're insane. I don't think I can do this at my job, my boss, my word. I don't think I can do this at school. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. And sometimes in terms of faith, When we think of terms of like, how do I honor God with this life? And how do I be the man? How do I be the woman that he's made me to be? How do I be the, the student at my school that he's made me to be? And we have these moments, I think I can, I think I can. And then you mess up. Anybody mess up? Then you mess up and all of a sudden you're like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. This is hard. This is heavy. This is tough. I'm in the middle of this and I'm a mess in the midst of it. But you know what faith says? Faith doesn't say, I think I can. Faith says, I don't think I can, but I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. I know the things don't look great, but I know he can. And how do we know that he can? Because he is a God who is all-powerful, but he's also a God who's all-loving, that loves each and every one of us. And we've been going through this series from, from, from called Soul Train. Our memory verse has been John chapter 3, verse 16. 
And it talks about the love that God has for you. It talks about the love that God has for me. And, and Romans will say, if, if this is the love that God has for us, and if God held nothing back from us, and if you could be here this morning, if you could, if you could sit here this morning and, and, and bring your mess and your struggles and the mountain that's too high that, that, that you're trying to face, and you're like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. What John 3.16 will say, no, 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 you can't. But I know he can. And so we're going to say this memory verse together, and may you hear it spoken to you. May you hear it in your ears and the ears of the people that you might say, oh, I don't know if he can, but to be able to say, I know he can, because that is what his love looks like. John 3, 16. We're going to say it together. Say it loud with me. Say it proud with me. It says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. My life is a mess, but I know he can. And I know he can because he loves me. And he loves me to the point that he would send Jesus into the world to die for me. And there's moments and things that I face and I'm like, I don't think I can, but I know he can. I know he can. I know he can. And yet sometimes I live with a Craigslist confidence. You ever buy something from Craigslist? <laughs> Any of you ever buy something from Craigslist? He's like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this thing that I am ordering is going to be what I want. I'm not sure if it's actually going to get to me. I'm not sure if when it gets to me, we, we live in like this, 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 this kind of uh, American hope of, oh, man, I hope. I hope it gets here. Man, I hope it works. Man, I hope this person's not trying to scam me. Speaking of scams, I bought. I really wanted to see Sting. Sting, the, the concert. And there was a ticket for sale. There's a really good seat on Craigslist. And I knew better. But it felt like the risk might have been worth it. And so the ticket was ridiculously cheap, and I, 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 so, so I'm like, okay, this, this against better judgment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take the leap. And I, I, I did some verification, because I, I know I'm not dumb. Well, I, 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 I'm like, so I'm like, okay, can you show me the ticket? Send me a picture of the ticket so that I at least know that you hold it, because I don't even know if you're holding the ticket to Sting. I really want to see Sting, but I'm not sure if you have it. And, and so he, he sends me a picture. They send me a, 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 a pic of the ticket, and I'm like, okay, 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 I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump, and I'm going to hope, and I'm going to hope, and I'm going to hope. I got scammed, guys. Ticket never came. And I thought about hope. And I thought about our version of hope is like this, eh, kind of on the edge of your seat as, oh, man, I hope God can get me through this. I hope God can break me from the, the sin that so easily is entangling. Oh, man, I hope that God can, like, heal my marriage. Or I hope that God can, can, lead, can help me lead my children. Oh, man, I hope. And so we live in this Americanized hope that is like, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I don't think I can do it. I hope God, that God can do it. And I think sometimes in life we face situations with a Craigslist confidence. They're like, oh, oh maybe. I'm leaning into it. I hope God can come through in the midst of this. This. Can I tell you that? That's not the type of hope that we have. The type of hope that we have is I know he can. I know he can. You see, we are a people of faith. We are a people of faith. And faith, the Hebrews writer, in Hebrews chapter 11, which is a beautiful passage, 
It begins by giving us a definition of what faith is. And maybe you're here today and you need a little bit of faith. Maybe you're here today and your Craigslist confidence is, is you're feeling the weight. You're not actually sure if God can come through. You're not actually sure if God can deliver. You're not actually sure if God can break the chains. You're not actually sure if he can bring restoration to things. You're, you're living with some type of, of false sense of hope or confidence that, that's rooted in something other than God himself. My prayer is that today you might say, no, 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 I know. I know he can. And so this is what the Hebrews writer says. He says, now faith, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. What real faith looks like is confidence in the things that we hope for. And it's assurance in the things that we don't see. What is faith? Faith is confidence in what we are hoping for. It's confidence. That, that word confidence, it's this idea of the, it's the essence. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the solidness. It's the elements. It's the elemental things that we are hoping for. It, it is the, the very basis upon which our hope is lies. Now, faith is the confidence in the thing that we hope for. And it's the assurance. It is the, it is the assurance of things that we don't yet see. You know that God is good. You know that God is faithful. You know that God is loving. You know that God has the power. He's, he's all-powerful and sufficient. And so what faith is, it says, God, I trust you even though I can't quite figure out where I'm at right now. God, I, can, I, I trust you even though the mountain is really high right now. Lord, I trust you even though the giants are so big that I feel like a grasshopper in, in, in light of them. God, I will have faith that, that, that has confidence in what, where my hope is, is lying and assurance in what I can can't see. Where, where in your life this morning is God calling you to an assurance in the things that you can't see? And it says that last part, this is what the ancients were commended for. I think it has this whole long list, a beautiful list. Can, can I say, please, at some point during this week, go read Hebrews chapter 11. Because there's this beautiful list of men and women just like you and me who are willing to take God at his word and trust him and follow him into things that they couldn't see and walk with him into situations that they weren't exactly sure about but they trusted in who he was. And I don't know what your thing is this morning. I don't know what it is in this week or in this month. But I do know that that real faith, faith is confidence in the things that we hope for. It's why, it's why we pray for one. We pray for one, you see this, we pray for one person. And what it does is it, the, the prayer, it connects us with God. It, it connects us to the one. It, it's, this, it's this prayer that says, God, I don't think I can, but I know you can. And so may you move in the life of my, of my friend. May you move in the life of my classmate. Lord, may you move in the life of what might seem impossible. And may you have an impact on their lives so that as I connect with you, I connect not with the, the power that I have in me because I feel my own weakness, but may I connect with your power, with your love, with your grace, and may it simply flow through me into the lives of other people so that I can connect with them. And so that ultimately I can fulfill your mission. It says this is what the ancients were commended for. We are a people of faith. We are like, we are the recipients of this, this beautiful faith that has been handed down by a group of people, by people who said, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in you. Faith is not just believing in God. It's believing God. It's God, I'm going to take you at your word. Where in your life this morning do you simply need to take God at his word? I'm for you. I'm not against you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Though your sin, 
Though your sin is like scarlet, I can make it white as snow. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. What promise of God is he saying? I want you to hold on to this. Faith is confidence of what you can't see. Assurance of what? Assurance of what you can't see. And then it goes on this list. By faith, we know that the creation was made. By faith, it's confidence, it's confidence. We, we serve a God who made the world and the universe. It's assurance. It's assurance that the God who made all things, that the God who put all things together is also the same time the God who can restore all things. Sometimes it looks like there's not a lot of whole, whole, whole lot of help for this world. But it's confidence in the one who made the world and it's assurance that the one who made the world can restore the world by faith. By faith, a man named Noah built a boat when rain had never been seen. It's confidence that God could be trusted. It's assurance that God could save his people. It's assurance that you could take God at his word, even when it seems ridiculous. Where is God saying, take me at my word, even though it seems ridiculous? My guess is somewhere in your life, God's saying, take me at my word. I want you to trust me, even though it seems ridiculous. Your neighbors are making fun of you with your hammer and your, your, your nail and gopher wood on a, like on, on a boat. He's like, trust me. By faith, Noah built a boat. By faith. By faith, Abraham. A man named Abram one day heard the call of God to leave everything he knew behind. And one of the most powerful scriptures, I think, in Genesis is a very simple one. It says, so Abram left. Confidence that, that God is greater than anything. That God is more valuable than anything we can hold on to. Assurance that God can create or give everything. And so he can, he can say, look at the stars and, and from you, like so, so, your, so shall your offspring be. Like I, I can give up anything because he's the God with assurance that he can bring everything. By faith, Abraham, after his name was changed, offered his son Isaac. Ah, what a strange story. Everything that you've been longing for for generations, not from your barren wife, a, a child has been born, now I want you to sacrifice him. In confidence, Abraham had confidence that God could raise the dead. Assurance in the goodness of God, even in the midst of confusing callings. By faith, by faith, Joseph predicted the exodus. A faith in a God who's in control over history. A confidence in God's in control of history. An assurance that, that he can orchestrate things to make his plan and accomplish his plans. We are a people of faith. And faith is not a Craigslist confidence. And faith is not a, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. How many of you are here today operating somewhere in your life and it can fit on every avenue of our lives. Any, any particular area where you, you are saying, I think I can, I think I can. And in the midst of the thinking you can, all of your strength, you're like, in your mind, like, I don't think I can. May you know that he can. That he is sufficient. That doesn't mean that everything's going to work out the way you think it will work out, does it? But it means that you can find joy and life and blessing in him. So we are a people of faith. And so what we have to do is we have to keep the faith. In eighth grade, 
I talk about my basketball career way too long. It ended in eighth grade. It started in eighth grade. So I got a year to talk about. Which you, how did I get so many stories? I had an awesome coach. And he had this informational meeting in his classroom, seventh and eighth graders at our middle school in Rush Henrietta, New York. And I didn't really know what I was doing, but he brought us into this very dramatic, very Dead Poet Society moment. I don't know if you remember that scene, the Dead Poet Society, where you're staring at all the people, and he's like, like Carpe Diem, seize the day. Like, you got to go see that movie, too. Um, he brought us into the room, and he starts talking about the legacy of the Rush Henrietta Royal Comets. And I don't have all the, I don't have all the numbers, right? So you just got to work with me a little bit. He's like, but this is the gist of what he said. Like, the class of 89, the team of 89, undefeated. I'm like, OK. Class of 90, lost one game. Class of 92, lost two games. Class of, he just, he goes on, like, undefeated or one or two losses. But then he says, class of 95, which was us. He says, they're all gone. They're all somewhere else. This is your season. What are you going to do with it? I don't know. I don't know about my eighth grade mind, but like, I, I'm like, all right. Like, let's, let's, let's wrestle this out. What are we going to do with the moment that we have been given? And I would ask us as his church this morning, what are we going to do with the moment we have been given? There's those who have gone before us. There's those who said, I will trust God, and I will follow God, and it seems ridiculous, and it seems impossible, and I'm not even sure if I can do it at all, but I know that he can do it, and so I will step out in faith, and I will trust him. But then what we're called to is like, okay, now it's our time. And I don't mean that in some weird way, but in some reality, it is our time. Like, it is, we are the ones on this earth at this moment. We are the, 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 the vessels of the message of the kingdom in us. We are the, 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 the ambassadors to our schools and to our workplaces that he will send us tomorrow. That I think he's wanting, I know he's wanting to, to, to transform Concord and our, in the region around us. And we say, I know he can. And so what we have to do is we have to keep the faith. We have to run with the faith. We have to, we have to persevere in the faith. We have to get after it. We have to say, okay, this is what we got. This is how much time we have or we think we have. And so we're going to run. This is what the Hebrews writer says in chapter 12. Chapter 12, it says this, therefore. There's them. They ran their race. They didn't even see Jesus yet. They're just looking forward. They don't even know exactly how all of the promises of God are going to be fulfilled. But they had confidence in what they couldn't see. They had confidence in their hope. They had assurance in what they couldn't see. And so they just keep running. Now you, therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, they're sitting in the stands as you are on the tar, on the, what's it called around a track? The tar. The asphalt. I feel like there's a name to it. Forget it. Oh, man. They're up in the stands. And they're not just up in the stands as those who are observing. They're up in the stands as those who have run, ran the race. And they're cheering you on. Your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your moms, your dad. Moses and Noah. How weird of an image is this? Like, <laughs> like Moses and Noah and David and Job. Oh, my word, Job. And like all of these people, they're in the stands and they're cheering on. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, therefore, since they have gone before us and they kept running the race, now you let us throw off everything that hinders us. 
What's hindering you right now? What's hindering? What's keeping you from running the race that has been set for you? Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us, let us get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. See, we're called to keep the faith. We have generations and millennia, that's a fun word, of testimony of the faithfulness of God. And this is our season to run. This is, these are the moments that God have, has given us. And so we say, God, I want to run with faith. I want to keep the faith. And I have to believe that some of you are tired and some of you have taken your chariots of fire fall and you're rolling around in the dirt around the track and you're like, I don't know if I want to get up anymore. Keep the faith. Where have you, where have you been tempted to give up? Where have you been tempted to to be content on the sidelines. We're called to keep the faith. But there are faith killers. There are things that kill our faith. There are things that like threaten our faith. And you felt them. Like some of the faith killers would include as like misplaced hope. You ever put your hope in the wrong thing? You made the wrong things, God things? People ever fail you? And people, fa church ever fail you? Church people ever fail you? People, church, church people. Like, they're all, like, all mixed in. Have you ever been failed by that? Like, so sometimes we put our hope in the wrong things, and when the wrong things topple, our faith falls with them. So our faith isn't supposed to be anchored in, or our hope isn't supposed to be anchored in the wrong things, but anchored in, in him. Other faith killers would, would include bad vision, eyes on the wrong, you're, you're running after the wrong thing. You'd be like, you get excited about your plans and your kingdoms and all the stuff you want to do. And our prayers sometimes are like, God, I, just help me build my kingdom. Like, just help me, like, help me get everything in place as I wanted. And so all of a sudden, uh, bad vision, are like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought parenting was like. Oh, my gosh, man, I've had that thought over and over and over again. Sorry, kids. Um, but they're like, oh, I didn't know. Like, so, so a bad vision sometimes. You're like, God, this is what you're supposed to do in parenting. Or this is what it's supposed to look like. And God's like, <laughs> I, I want to grow you. I want to develop you. I want you to have patience and love and mercy and all of these things. And like, so this is what it's going to be. Keep the faith. Don't put your hope in a bad vision of what you think things are supposed to be. Distractions. You're running a race. There's many things in our lives that can keep us from running well. Sin. Sin can, sin is really anything that God calls us to do that we don't do. God's like saying, I want you to go to that person. And you're like, I don't want to go to that person. I know I can't, I know I can't, I know I can. God's like, I know I can, I know, I know you can. You know, as running through this last night, and I read a little section about it. And he says, let us cast off the sin that so easily entangles us. 
And sometimes I thought, like, okay, you got to stop doing that. And that's true. Stop doing that. <laughs> like, to put it simple, if, if there's something that you're doing that you're like, ah, I don't know I'm supposed to be doing this, the best thing we can do is stop doing that. And you're like, ah, it's not that easy. Well, well, okay, well, at least start with the idea of maybe I should stop doing that or I should stop doing that. But, the, the, but you know what I, I realized as I was reading something last night is sin can easily entangle, but so can the shame that comes after it and the guilt that comes after it. And sometimes we can carry that around and we can try to run a race with that. And like, maybe you're here today and there's something in your past and like you have not been able to let it go. You're like, no, 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 I got to be, God, God is a just God and I know me and therefore I need to keep on punishing myself. I need to, to keep on beating myself. I, I have to make atonement for the things that I've done. And like, Jesus, you're not enough because, because, because you don't understand me. And so I thought about, like it was a weird kind of interesting thought in terms of this passage. I'm like, no, sometimes sin entangles us in this way. The consequences, consequences of sin and the shame and the guilt that we hold on to and we carry... Like the rest of our lives are like carrying little baggies around. I'm like, no, 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 I've got to own up for this for the rest of my life. And I thought, man, it is not easy to run with a bunch of bags. So sin can entangle in a whole lot of different ways. You got to, other faith killers are running the wrong race. You're trying to please people. You're trying to earn the favor of God. And all of a sudden you're like, I can't. And if I can't do it, if I'm insufficient, then I guess I just need to stop running. No, we're called to keep the faith. And then finally, live the faith. Live. Live the hope that you have. Can you say, just live the hope that you have. And how do you do it? How do you live the, the hope that you have? You keep on reading the rest of this beautiful, this beautiful passage. It says this, fix our eyes on Jesus. We're going to fix our eyes on on Jesus. We're going to be going up the hill and you're like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. We're going to be struggling, but we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Right now, your eyes are somewhere else. You're distracted. It's, on, it's a whole mess of other things. It says we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, uh, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And this is what he did. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He scorned its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Think about him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and that you will not lose heart. Keep looking at Jesus and saying, and seeing the one who ran the race. Keep your eyes fixed on him. And as you stare at the, the difficulty of the hill and as you've gotten yourself up, off the ground for the 167th time, keep looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, because there was a joy set before him. There's a joy set before you. What we will be, we do not know. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. There be joy set before you. May he give you a vision of who he's made you to be. May you, he give you a vision of who he's calling you to. May you keep your eyes on him. It's in that last few verses. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And every Sunday we gather for communion. And I thought about how joy can overshadow the suffering. How joy can overshadow the pain and whatever it is we're going through. It says he scorned its shame. Because it had a vision of what God wanted to do in his life. Of what God was going to do through him. And so every Sunday we, we gather together and we take communion. And we take it in faith. We take it in faith that says, God, I, I don't think I can. But I know you have. And if you're here today and you're in the middle of that battle, which you're a human being, so I know that you are, may you simply say, God, I know that you can. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever struggle it is, God, I know that you can. Because you have. Because you said it is finished. It is done. And so we take this together in faith. Jesus says, this is the extent, this is how much I love you, that I poured my life out for you. And if God is for you, what can stand against you? There is no hill. There's too high, no hill too high, no giant too strong. There's nothing in all creation, neither height nor depth, neither well-fed or hungry, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And our faith is rooted in who he is and what he has done and what he has promised to do. We take to our king. We all stand with me. Maybe you're here today and your faith is, has been shaken. Maybe it's taken some hits. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I've been living with a Craigslist confidence. I'm not exactly sure of what God can do or how he can come through. And you just need someone to pray with you. I'll be down here on the front and Dan will be over there. And if there's anything, we can be praying for you. But if today's a day where you're like, no, I want to step into faith. God, I want to say that I trust you. And I don't kind of trust you. Like my hope is rooted in you. And I want to, I want to know this and I want, to, I want to, to be baptized into you. I want to give my life fully to you because I want to trust. Even though I don't fully see and even though I don't fully understand, Lord, I want to give my life to following you. As we sing these next couple songs, you're invited to come be baptized into him. To join part of the wonderful family of God. We all pray with me. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, may you create for yourself a people who are bold in their faith. High schoolers in this room right now, Lord, I pray that you might give them a boldness in their faith. Moms and dads, a boldness in their faith, their hope in you. Husbands and wives, a boldness in their faith. Parents, grandparents, a boldness in faith that's able to tell the stories of the faithfulness of God, of your faithfulness. It's your name we pray. Amen.